Ben Smith, I'm a photographer, and this is my podcast, A Small Voice, Conversations with Photographers. Thanks for listening. Hello folks, Ben here. This is my podcast, The Small Voice Conversations with Photographers. Welcome along to episode 54. It's that time of year again when I briefly deviate from the usual one-to-one interview format to bring you something a little different. This is the annual Photo London Special Edition, for which I report from the early summer industry shindig that takes place in the lovely neoclassical setting of Somerset House here in London. It's essentially a kind of posh trade fair, really, where galleries from all over the world are gathered together under one roof to flog a few framed snaps, many of which are beautiful and some of which are eye-wateringly expensive. There are also talks, book signings, exhibitions and other events, which means for photography fans it's a bit of a must-visit. It's also a little overwhelming and slightly exhausting if you are insane enough to go every day for five days, and the only person quite insane enough to do that is yours truly, and I make that sacrifice for you, dear listener, because you deserve the best I can manage, and that's what I endeavour to bring you. I ask for nothing in return, but if you do want to show your appreciation, please go to bensmithphoto.com a small voice and sign up for a small recurring donation leave a review on itunes when you have a minute and if you need a new squarespace website i will design and build it for you copy edit your dodgy pros and generally make it pucker and because i'm not a full-time web developer i will do it cheaper than the competition i'm dead serious about that so let me know if a new website may be something you require Now, if you are at all unclear at any point about who you're listening to in this episode, please check the show notes on the relevant page at bensmithphoto.com slash a small voice for a list of contributors. I hope you find this episode entertaining. If you don't, just turn it off and go and do something else. A normal service will be resumed in two weeks' time. There will also, however, be another one of these specials soon, brought to you from the recent Offspring Photo Meet, also here in London. But in the meantime, I hope you do enjoy the Photo London 2017 special. Okay, here we are again. Photo London. It has stopped raining, that's one good thing. And um, today's Wednesday, supposedly press and VIP day. So if I do see any VIPs, I will be sure to um, let you know. I don't know, you know, George Clooney or Angela Merkel or someone. Otherwise, I don't really know what a VIP would look like. But certainly there will be um, photographers and various other, basically, freeloaders, I think, is is your main kind of... People, people like myself, really. I'm press, technically. But as you know, we're using that term in a very loose way. So, um, what are we going to do this year? I'm going to look at some work, I suppose. I'm going to talk to a few people. Hopefully not freak any of them out again. And um, that's about it. I have to just find out what's going on. See who we can bump into. Oh, and I have got some very good interviews set up, by the way, which I will not tell you about yet, because I don't want to jinx anything. But um, I will be doing some really good interviews. Um, well, not good interviews, you know what I mean. Interviewing some good people. The usual bewildering variety of things. I mean, the Furry Klein Gallery. So they do people like... Like you can get a Peter Lindbergh print of um, all the great supermodels of the um, early 90s and it's 56 grand. It's a really nice picture though. But mind you, if you can't nail it with them, who are you going to nail it with? You know, Cindy Crawford, all those people. Youngsters, look them up. They were quite famous in their day. Well, that Helmut Newton picture with the Amazonian naked women uh, full frontal which is a very famous shot, that's 124,000 quid. But you can go from there to sort of Chris Killip, you know, some nice black and white old school stuff, which frankly I would prefer. So there's the contrast right there, huge. Of course, William Klein is here. Um, I think he's going to be giving a talk or some kind of thing. And they've got some of his prints up. 89 years old, old William is. I did um, try and get him, but he was busy. He's got a tight schedule. That's Philip Eberling. Hi, Philip. How are you, Matt? 
bad. How are you? Do you want to? This is my friend Heikel. Hi, Heikel. Good Hi. to meet you, sir. Nice Thanks. to meet you too. Hi. Yeah. Um, what brings you down here? Just interested? Yeah, just general interest. Okay. Have you seen anything good? Or have you just got here? Um, what have we seen? Let's David see. Hearn. The David Hearn David swap Hearn. show. Ah. Yeah, I am looking forward to that, I've got to say. Yeah. I think that's definitely Jürgen one of the highlights. Yeah, yeah. You can tell that's fun. Okay. Yeah, I, fun. I haven't had much chance yet. Yeah, well, the David Hearn one, how many. Has he got like hundreds of Magnum prints from over the years then? Oh, I don't know. I mean, he's got one of Olivia's and Olivia's got one of his, so. Okay, so which one of Olivia's has he got? It's a print from Iran, I think. Yeah, when she went. Wedding. The Middle Distance story, yeah. When she was in Iran. Okay, and which one of, of his has she got? Uh, British uh, holiday makers in the rain, I think. So. Oh, nice. Really I, it's a great idea doing that. I, it's he's I, really good. I mean, he's he's the one Magnum guy, I think, who really pushes the swap thing. Everyone always says, "Oh, we got to swap prints," and then yeah. they never, you never get around to yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's really good. He's really on it. So. Yeah, and he's yeah, been impressive like, collection. Really yeah, lovely. yeah, it's brilliant. And I think uh, Martin Park curated it. Okay. Yeah. And you only have enough space for whatever it is. 60 or something in the curation your next problem is everybody phoning you up saying am i in the show you know? right but how did um, martin park go about you know making his selection did you well, help with the edit no I, I what i did was deliberately keep out of it and and so my idea was that i have done obviously the initial selection of the 700 because i'm very meticulous about asking for specific pictures to try and keep this extraordinarily high standard to safeguard myself against people saying am I in this first show I thought well no what I'll do is I'll get a curator and I picked Martin uh, asked Martin rather rather than picked him uh, because a he's 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 a finisher right right it's very important it's very very important and i knew that if he said he'd do it he would do it it'll get done not only will it get done but it'll get done with passion and he's got a really good eye you you know so i knew it would be a good show and so i just said get on with it so of that 700 a massive collection of 700 magnum photographers pictures do you have any favorites or were there any that didn't make his edit that you wished had no, because, uh, I mean, I would say that every photographer that's in the show, I probably cut down what they've done to 3,000 pictures. And so ultimately, if I swap, let's pretend I swap two pictures of somebody, I'm picking two pictures from 3,000 of the best of pictures this. of the best photographers. Yeah, yeah. So they better be pretty good, you, you know. So everything in there to me is a great picture mm. and, and um, what I, you know, I I just say I've only just seen the show but when you sit on the wall it's they are tremendous pictures I mean these are great photographers with great pictures and it suddenly looks like a different kind of show mm. it looks like a show of great photography mm. not trying somebody trying to sell something right exactly yeah yeah because a lot of these you know this is what a lot of people are here for it's, it is after all a, a sort of trade show that's the purpose of it yeah. uh, and I personally most of it find very boring you, you know uh, it, it's, it's obviously designed to go on a banker's wall somewhere yeah. as wallpaper basically yeah. what about ones that um, mean a lot to you for sort of sentimental reasons from, for, from, from some of the old guys who aren't with us anymore yeah. some of your kind of well, contemporaries from back in the day it, what is frightening to me is that you see within the setup of Magnum and photography and this, you get very very close to people it's like having a family well I've in the last few years 16 of the Magnum photographers have died and, and you know if you think about your own family yeah that's if, a lot if there's 16 of your family die it's a lot um, and and it's actually it becomes quite difficult to take you know because I'm at the age now where obviously people around me you know I'm very aware that there are other people going to die in the next year and things and, mm. and uh, I just I do find it difficult to take. Yeah. Who were the guys who you were really tight with when you first sort of joined? Um, what did you know? Did you have any particular mentors who sort of took you under their wing? Oh, under my wing. Well, either oh, yeah, or, or, yeah, or yeah, vice versa. Well, well, who you people you, know, you mentored? Very much Elliot Irwin. Yeah. Who, who was a 
dear friend and, and who I, I still tend to, if I go to New York, stay with. And he was wonderful because he's, he's not only an extraordinary photographer, but he's, he's a very wise man and very funny, very funny man. And, and, and um, he, he was very good. And, and Bruce Davidson, I, I, I got on with very well. Um, early on and, and then and, and of course uh, Philip Jones Griffiths who lived in my flat for a long time and then Kudelka who lived in my flat for eight years or something really? and we actually introduce ourselves as brothers now it's an right. easier way of doing it you know yeah. so I mean he's a dear 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 friend and, and um, but you, you, you do it, it is lovely because it, it, it sounds so pompous but when, when you talk to I mean, the most important thing to me about Magnum is that you have the opportunity to talk to people that seem to discuss photography in a very different way to other people, you know. Um, so kindred spirits, in a way, you know, you feel that... Kindred spirits, uh, and, and you kind of listen to what they have to say because they have a pedigree that you can look at. You know, they're not talking about something that they're pretending they're about to do or going to do. You, you know, you, you talk to Bruce Davids about something and, and then you suddenly think, hang on, all these extraordinary pictures that he's done for 50 years. You, you, you know, he's not messing about. He's not talking about, oh, well, I'm thinking of doing this and all that sort of chat. He gets off his ass and he, and he does it. Yeah, so you're surrounded by people who are, you, you can be inspired by and, you know, it's kind of symbiotic. It gets you off your ass and makes it, you it, it raise is. your game. And, and there's absolutely no doubt there's certain ways of becoming better photographer. The, the first thing is shoot lots of pictures. You know, the, the history of all the arts is that people that are very, very good, that's what they do all the time. They don't talk about it. They don't spend their time philosophizing about it. They do it, you, you know. So, so that's the next one. Another very good way of, of progressing is, is to look at the work of other great people and try to analyze why you think they're great, why they're peers. Most of, the, most of the people that are considered great are great by their peers. Right. Yeah, they're sort of photographers, what, photographers. Yeah, it doesn't matter what photo critics say, but yeah. it's the photographers, photographers. And then I've forgotten the question you asked, because this was leading up to it. No, well, <laughs> you've that. given me so much more yeah, than yeah, I ever yeah, could have yeah, hoped yeah, for. I yeah. really appreciate it. It's so nice to talk yeah. to you. Bef I guess the last thing is, you know, it's the 70th anniversary um, this year, Magnum. Big year for Magnum. Yeah. What? I, you, were there times you didn't think it was going to make it to 70? No, I, virtually every year. I, 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 I mean, we've, we've never been a particularly commercial agency. Maybe, I mean, obviously we've all tried to keep alive you know and make a living but we've never been very good at the financial side of it um, but we survived why have we survived I think it's because of a, a certain kind of integrity people trust us um, whatever that means you know but but I think at least we try to be honest and this that and the other whatever all those words mean and you can argue you you know but i think that has been the core of what it is but what to me is wonderful is when i look around the new young photographers that are in magnum a i think they're as good a group as has ever been but i was saying the other at the party the other night those guys are going to see the hundred yeah true let's hope so and and i really do believe it'll you know as long as as long as we keep standards as long as we don't suddenly lower those standards as long as we say no we're not going to do that because we don't believe in it you know and we we each do our own thing then i think some of those photographers will see the hundredth yeah it seems almost like it's about keeping the ethos of those founders you know who started it is that it's all about their mindset no no, no I, I i mean we're on their shoulders yeah, yeah. I, I mean magnum doesn't doesn't do that much of getting people work no right I, I mean it it the work we do is to is to bring in the right people into magnum and the people we bring in are people that have ideas and the and the skills to to in their own authorship sort of way mm. deal with those ideas but none of the photographers look to the magnum to give them work that right. they look to magnum to not only try to distribute their work but also there is an ethos about 
magnet which allows people to trust you and and that is because of Carper and Bresson and George Rocker right. and Jim yeah. Seymour and you go through and these decent you know Eve Arnold these really decent it's almost people. like those guys have got an eye, you know, got their eye on you <laughs> they, they have and, and and I think we must be very careful that we don't abuse that you, you know but um, yeah anyway. well it's fantastic to and thank you so much David no, I really appreciate it and I'm going to go and look at a print swap yeah yeah thank Good. you so much I hope you enjoy it I, I think will. you will yeah I'm yeah. sure I will and enjoy yeah. the whole event you're going to be um, are you going to be doing a talk or a presentation I, I'm <laughs> Tomorrow, I think I'm giving some award to graduate students. And right. That. And then on Friday, I'm doing two things. A, we're doing a... I'm doing a walk around the swap thing. Oh, great. Um, and then at five, I'm doing a talk with Martin about collecting. Okay. So we're sitting down. Oh, yeah, that was the thing I was thinking. Though. But you're doing all kinds of things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, you know, take it easy. Yeah, yeah um, And do enjoy it. I will yeah. definitely bump into you at some other point. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, David. Great pleasure. David Hearn, fantastic chatting to him. What a top man. And he has, I'm gonna go and check out this uh, print swap exhibition that he's got. It's raining again. Only thing to do now is to go to the nearest gallery. Oh, I can't come in this way. <laughs> I'm getting wet. Yeah, I know, but it's just the exit, it's the rules. It's not about me, Okay, all right, mate. There you go. Rules is rules. I now have to get wetter because I went in the the outdoor. I'm the sort of person who likes to go in the outdoor. And now I've got to go in the indoor, which has caused me to get wetter. Jane Hilton, lovely to see you. You too. <laughs> I saw you earlier doing your talk, doing your, well, kind of a, uh, I don't know, what would you describe it as? You were sh talking about some of your prints, which is nice for the people to get us, you know, the perspective of the actual photographer. That isn't going to happen too often. No, there was a VIP tour and I was given two minutes to cover 25 years work. <laughs> now that is a tall order. Well, who are your prints? What gallery are you represented by? Uh, I'm with Eleven Gallery and they're in the pavilion in G1 so we've come up this year because we were in the dungeon last year. Oh right, in the, down yeah. in the, yeah literally the dungeon. Yeah. Well there you go. And um, what do you, uh, print sales quite a big thing for you in terms of your overall income? I wish. Mm. Would that be, uh, would that, you would like it that way around? Like uh, if that represented a fairly large percentage of your total earnings? Yes, that would be great, wouldn't anyone? But Too right, yeah, it's yeah. got to be the way to go, hasn't it? Yes, I mean, I do sell, and, um, and I sell consistently, so I'm grateful for that. But yes, uh, a little bit more. Mm. But it's boosts like this, that, that's why Photo London's important, because there'll be a kind of now a big surge, hopefully, and then it all dies down again. And, you know, that's why you have to keep exhibiting and you have to keep showing new work and you have to, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's nice to have a gallery and nice to be represented in the first place. But like you say, it's all about being uh, seen, as it were. So who, who, who are you going to... Are you just... Like, is anyone in particular who you're interested in seeing or are you just mooching about and seeing what comes in front of you? Well, I had ten minutes, so I thought I'd mooch go the other ten side. Ten minutes? Well, yes. that's it. Well, I've, I'm meant to be meeting someone else. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this mooch is, uh, well, Stephen, Stephen Gill. Gill. Oh, my goodness. And I love his work. Uh, yeah, he's a very particular talent, isn't he? Because he's very, uh, I was going to say very unique. I hate people who say very unique. It's either unique or it isn't. He was, he's unique. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and he is. And he's fantastic. And he's just quite prolific I think and I wish I could be that prolific but they're very beautiful and I loved his Hackney Flowers project and in fact I own a Stephen Gill do you? yes I'm very proud of it it's the Russian Smokers which ah okay I'll look, at, I'll look that one up is it yeah. black and white oh it's colour it's colour and it's really beautiful and it's all the fag butts he picked up in Russia Love Lovely. It. So nice to have some prints. I was just talking to David Hearn of Magnum fame. He's got 700 Magnum prints, which he's swapped over the years. That's not a bad deal, is it? Having 700 of pictures from the best photographers of the 20th century. 21st century as well now. Sorry, Jan, I'm rambling now. I'm going <laughs> to leave you to it. It's very nice okay. to see you. Nice I will see uh, you uh, Have a great day. Yeah, you too. I'll bump into you again, I'm sure. I hope so. All right, great. For a beer. Yeah, a beer, coffee, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Nice one. All right. Thanks, Take Jane. Care. 
Jane Hilton. How nice to see her. She was um, also on the podcast. Look up which episode. I don't know which one it was. I think that's Paul Graham taking a selfie. No, in fairness, he's not taking a selfie. He's just having a conversation on his phone. I did bump into Paul. Well, I didn't bump into him, to be completely frank. I accosted him in the most uh, kind and gentle of ways um, and respectfully asked him if he would come on the podcast at some point, but only in a kind of fairly relaxed way. And, um, you know, basically said he was keeping his head down and um, that uh, he was trying to concentrate on making new work. And also that one gets tired of the sound of one's own voice, which I can kind of understand. He's, he's probably not the sort of person who's particularly that into, and doesn't really have any reason to do interviews. I mean, but he's very massively respected among other photographers as a photographer, I think. And he is an important photographer, so I can see why he'd probably be in quite demand for doing interviews and stuff. But I can't, you know, I'm not going to hassle the dude. So I've, you know, screwed up a bit in a way, but wouldn't really have got too much out of him, I don't think. Just bumped into a couple of freeloaders. Paul. Paul. Oh, here we go. Now he's going to start yelling. Just at that point when he's going to. Oh, yeah. Just, no, just that's fine. Don't mind me, Jack. I'll talk to you, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel Castro Garcia. Hello. Good to see you, sir. And you. What's been going on with you? You were on the podcast recently. I can't remember which episode. People can look it up. But um, yeah, yeah, how's it, how's so, it going? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, Thankfully, I got the British Journal of Photography Award this year. So Congratulations. Thank you, thanks. And um, I had a solo show at TJ Balting. Right, yes, that's the Trolley Books uh, uh, Gallery, I guess. Yep, that's the one. And then um, really fortunately got the Magnum Foundation Fund as well this year. So off to Italy to get some work done over the summer. That is fantastic, mate. You are rocking the main stage. What are you, what are you going to Italy to shoot? Uh, I'm going to be working at several reception centres for unaccompanied minors, so carrying on with the migrant refugee crisis um, subject, basically. Right. And how's the uh, foreigner going? Are you selling? Uh, yeah, really good. Um, the book sold out, and um, Tom and I made a new publication, which is called Foreigner Collected Writings 2017, and it we, we kind of made it to coincide with the show at TJ Balting. Um, it's got f- photographs from the project and has got um, written contributions from some leading specialists on the on the subject of migration and refugee crisis. Um, Alexander Betts from Oxford University, Lindsay Hilson from Channel 4 News, um, forensic architecture from Goldsmiths. It's, yeah, it's, it's a good read and good information on the subject. So... Awesome. So apart from all that, you haven't really been doing very much then, just been sitting around. Bloody Pretty hell. Much. Jack Latham is also here. Hello, Jack. Hi, how are you? Good, mate. Um, sugar Paper Theories, how's that going? You sold a few of those? Oh, it's sold out, yeah. That is awesome. Does that feel gratifying? Yeah, it feels... It's insane. Um, it sold out in February, so it's kind of just been this a bit of a whirlwind adventure. And I'm currently in the process of... Uh, I've got a five-month show coming up in Reykjavik. Brilliant, which is where the story is uh, set, of course. Yeah, so I'm just in the process of trying to realise the project in an exhibition format. Awesome. What's happening with that, with the actual story, which people, um, I guess, I won't remind everyone what it's about now, but um, what's the latest with the, the court case or the legal situation? So the five, so there were six people, there was one woman and five men that had, uh, were convicted of murdering uh, these two men. And uh, the five men have now been uh, let off. But the woman right. uh, is she's still being charged for uh, perjury. Okay, so it's, but it's, the murder charge itself has that been dropped? That's been well, it's been thrown to the high court to be the, for the case to be reopened. So we find out soon. But but they've agreed that they're going to relook at the whole case. Okay, so that's quite a dramatic development. Yeah, yeah. And that is in no small part to your efforts, as it were. No, I have no, 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 not at all. I don't take any credit for it. Okay, but you you have brought that story to light to some extent. The, the writer I, I worked with, Gisley, uh, Professor Gisley Goodinson, is the expert witness on the case and is really uh, instrumental in, in, in bringing this case, I guess, to the masses. So if anyone were to take a, a, a slice of credit, it would certainly be him. Not, I'm just the guy that illustrates his very eloquent writing. Right. Okay, well that's very modest of you. Um, if people don't know what the hell we're talking about, they can Google Sugar Paper Theories and look at your book and then they can find out by doing that what the story was all about. Thanks for chatting, Jack. Nice to see you and you, Danny. And um, I hopefully I'll see you again at some point.
getting wet now, I'm going to go inside. <laughs> Have fun. If you see any good work, let me know. William Klein. William Klein's right there. Yeah, I know, I know. He's 89, you know. I'm 89, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now go and have a look then. All right. Thanks a lot, man. See you later, guys. Nice to see you, man. That's Jack Latham and Daniel Castro Garcia, both previously of this parish. A couple of young guns in the photo world, both doing very good work. Once more into the breach, dear friends, day two, photo London. I have finally made it down to the David Hearn Swaps exhibition, which I did not get to yesterday. And um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing it. In fact, it's, uh, it's already pretty cool. Um, and what they've done is they've arranged the images so you can see which prints of his that other people chose and which of other people's he chose, which is a really kind of nice way of doing it. So inevitably, some of the other Magnum photographers have chosen the same pictures of his. And um, these are properly good, man. Properly good. In sharp contrast to what I just walked through, which I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say who it was, but it was a very, very famous photographer's exhibition, and it was total pants. So you know, I, you know where my uh, allegiances lie. Not with Magnum per se. I don't want to ha kind of have a fetish for them. It's just I like that kind of photography, and I always have, and I always will. Um, and I like all kinds of other types as well. But I guess this for me is where it's really at. This is the Olivia Arthur one that um, Philip Ebeling was talking about yesterday. Oh, it's yeah, a bride in Iran. Ha, huh, nice. Well, basically, a lot of Magnum photographers are represented here, as you can imagine. And there's a great combination of quite iconic, famous pictures, and some much less so. And, you know, going back, what, 60 years to the most recent uh, young blood, like Deanna Macosian, all that lot. Yeah, it's properly good, man. Wouldn't mind one of these. So, um, as you heard, David Hearn has 700 prints from various different people so obviously some photographers he has multiple uh, images from um, so you know they're probably worth what a couple of grand each do the maths people and this entire collection will be donated as he said um, I can't remember which museum in Wales but I think the Welsh National Museum uh, will be the recipient of this entire collection of which there are only, what, 60 here in this exhibition. So, all good. I'll be down here later for Magnum Graduate Awards ceremony, which David, I think, will be presiding over. Well, Max Barnett here from Pilot Magazine. Hi, Max, good to see you. Hi, nice to see you too. Um, How are you doing? What are you up to? I'm just here with uh, Patricia, our fashion editor from Pilot Magazine as well. We come to Photo London each year just to kind of keep an eye on any new photographers and see if there's any photographers or other names of photographers that we've never seen before. Just to refresh our... Uh, okay, so it's a good way of seeing a lot of work in one, in all under one roof kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Actually, too, I'd say too much work as well. Like I've got, we're only going to come today, but we're going to come tomorrow now as well. Yeah, it's quite overwhelming. So tell us a bit about Pilot Magazine. So Pilot is an all-analog photography magazine. We kind of, um, we, the two areas that we're mostly interested in is, is fashion and um, documentary photography. And yeah, we, we don't really retouch any of our imagery because we like to uh, keep with the aesthetic uh, running through from the analog photography, but also through to keeping everything quite natural with the skin. And we, we don't want to change the the way people look basically yeah, yeah. we want to keep it as real as possible yeah so um, we were at um, photo meet quite recently together and you gave a very nice presentation <laughs> and then i decided to put a bit of stick about and and launched into a bit of a rant about um about the whole notion of of an analog magazine but i can one of the things i was kind of trying to say was do you think that among your generation the sort of digital natives is there a way in which that film is kind of fetishized to some extent that it's all very retro and it's all a very cool thing and that was kind of the point I guess I was trying to make 
Yeah, totally. And I actually think that in, to some extent it definitely is, which is kind of why the kind of photography and the style of photography that we're trying to push with the magazine isn't really along the kind of like the very indie lamography vibes. It's more along the kind of a quite refined look because we... It, it, um, because yeah, we don't really want to try and make it look faddy or like it's just something we're interested in now. It's more of a way of working which we yeah. which we want to promote. Yeah. But is um, part of the attraction of film the fact that you know, as kind of digital natives, it represents there's something romantic about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, I'm a I'm a photographer. I studied photography, and so um, for me, film was always I don't know. It always felt like. I just always really enjoyed the pictures that I got from film. I, I felt like I had more of a connection with it, and so that's kind of why the magazine started in that way. It was just out of personal preference, but um, but I do feel like there is this kind of romanticizing thing that happens with, with analog photography. Yeah, and but you're kind of contributing to that to some extent. I think so, yeah, and I think, you know, it's good to celebrate it because, you know, not so long ago it was under a very, you know, publicized threat which I think was mostly scaremongering, but obviously, you know, the sales of, of analog um, film have obviously hugely decreased since digital began. And I think that now as the industry is starting to stabilize a little bit more, this kind, of, um, this kind of view is maybe changing a bit more. People are less kind of like romanticizing and like, like striving for this like nostalgia, which I don't really, you know, I'm, we're not really trying for as hard. Um, but yeah, I do think we have contributed to the romanticism of it in, a, in a way. Um, but I also, what I like is our approach to it is more of a practical one and work out, like we said at the weekend, like to kind of a way of slowing people's kind of brains down. Because I think, because we are part of digital age and we are like, you know, my first experience with photography was digital camera. I mean, my first experience was buying a digital camera on eBay, you know, right, so right. you can't get much more kind of like a digital era than buying your first camera on a website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, it was like a super digi one, um, you know, so I kind of think that like, I guess it because I do come from that kind of digital time, I really wanted to try and learn everything I could about photography and about and analog for me was a part of that education so it's something that yeah I mean, it, is, it is partly about the process and, and you know and, and, and I guess there is a certain aesthetic I don't know I mean here I am now arguing with myself uh, <laughs> against my previous point which I which I uh, you know I don't actually um, entirely know where I stand on it but I think I guess the point I was trying to make was that it's fundamentally a fairly superficial distinction. It's not about the substance of the work itself. Do you see what I mean by that? Yeah, completely. And I think some of the best photographers working are working on all mediums. And I think that also should be a point. Like, it's not really about the medium that you're using. It's about your mindset as a person, as a photographer, as an artist. And it shouldn't really matter which medium you're using as long as you have a way of using it which expresses the points that you want to make. I just, I guess just for me personally, analog has allowed me to do that in a way that I, I feel that digital didn't. So yeah. that's kind of why I wanted to promote that. But, um, but you know, I, I still work on digital as well, you know, and I think it's obviously a part of the whole process now. Yeah. You kind of have to have an, a, a wide understanding. And I think that's what I want to promote as well, is, is a wide understanding of, of options as well. We present a different, uh, like an alternative option to a lot of other magazines and, and analog is and more of an alternative to digital now. So. Yeah, right. So in a way, you just you you know you've created a certain niche for yourselves as a magazine. You, yeah. you know, it's kind of part of your brand, and that's yeah. how people know. Also, I've got to say, looking at some of the work that's on the walls, you know, when you see a nice old print made off um, a film negative, um, yeah, it is a pretty lovely thing. I must admit. And I think that's kind of the era that we're going into now. Is is not necessarily about one or the other. It's kind of more about them just being two different ways of, of working, like. Yeah. Like if you make ceramics, you can make it on a wheel or you can make it, you know, you can hand build, you know, there are two different ways of making essentially the same thing. Um, and I think that it's good to have that diversity and that's why I really want to push, push, push people with analog because I want to, you know, I want it to stick around. Really. <laughs> Great. Well, I feel like we've somehow, you know, resolved that little <laughs> issue that we it, had. I have to thank you because to be honest, like... One of the things which I feel 
is essential is some form of challenge. I, I find it so boring to go somewhere and talk about what I love doing and everyone just go, oh wonderful, how great, how good for you, like when really nobody actually is saying what they think. I would rather someone said, well, this is actually what I think. Can you clarify this with me or at least try and make a bit more sense out of it? Because right now I'm not getting your point. Yeah, yeah. I kind of love that because you know we all have different opinions. And actually the most recent issue of the magazine was about perspective. And it was all about everybody coming from different perspectives. So I think it's really important that that kind of flows through how I work as well and how I speak about the magazine. So I really wanted somebody to say something just because it gave Patty and I more of a chance to talk about how much we love it and sure, sure. why it's so right for us personally as well. Oh, I agree entirely with that. Well, look, thanks for chatting, man. It's really lovely to talk to you, Max. And um, it's Pilot Magazine for the benefit of the listeners. That's P-Y-L-O-T. A lot of yeah. them, my listeners will know about it, but for the ones that don't, they should check it out. Thanks, Max. Thank you very much, Ben. Do you, not, do you like this book? I very much like this book. This is one of those books that has been universally lauded by all and, and sundry. Everyone likes this book. What do you think it is about this book? Um, oh, by the way, I should say, we're talking about... Um, hang on, what's it called? ZZXYZX... Anyway, we're talking about Gregory Halpin. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the images are, like... They capture the imagination of, of people so easily because the story itself is one that's kind of one that everyone knows about and is universal in terms of like dreams set against kind of despair it's like one of those mythological stories that we're all accustomed to and the images translate that just quite um directly yeah that's a very nice way of putting it that was a good review what's your name um, Siwan. And you work for? Mac. Mac Books. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What else do you like? I'm really a big fan of the Mechelson. Let's have a look. Um, by Morton. Morton Langer. Okay. Don't know. By the way, I wasn't... I'm not... I can't, there's loads of people I don't know about. I didn't really know much about Gregory, Gregory Halpin until he did that book. Now everyone... You know, so I'm really glad to have discovered him through him doing that book. Absolutely. Which is a nice thing. And this, this guy I don't know. Tell me about this. Um, Morten is a Swedish photographer. Um, we published Another Language, and this is his second book with us. Um, and it's kind of a combination of photographs that have been taken in different cities. Um, Tokyo, New York, London. Mm. Um, and it's kind of reflecting on our relationship with technology and how that's changed our relationship to the world, basically. Mm. Um, so they're really serene images, but they have this underlying kind of um, unsettling uh, feeling. And they're all black and white. So, listeners, that's Martin Lang, <laughs> L-A-N-G-E, it's called The Mechanism. Thanks. You're a woman who knows her photo books, I can tell. Well, no, I know Mac photo books. All right, well, that's fair enough. <laughs> but in knowing Mac, you know a lot. Yeah. Thanks for chatting. Thank you so much. See you later. Ah, oh, that was nice. This is one of the nicest things in Photo London is the little photo book section. Away from all the prints and all the gallery madness, there's a little dedicated bit which has got a lot of the major photo book publishers, Darry Lewis is there and um, all kinds of people. And that is a really nice place to lig about down to because you can flick through. Mac, as you can as you heard of there. So I like that. I love to flip through a book. Taryn Simon. Now, she is a 2017 Master of Photography, which basically means that she's getting bigged up this year. Probably quite rightly. She's a very um, significant photographer. I haven't really ever quite got it with her. I mean, I kind of get it intellectually, but not really in any other way, if you see what I mean. I may try and find some people who can explain it all to me and... Uh, Maybe I can, you know, be persuaded. So, I've come down to Offprint, which is um, the kind of spin-off event from um, Photo London, which is a photo book kind of convention. And they do it in the Turbine Hall at the Tate Modern, 
which is an enormous space and they've used a little bit of it still a good size this is where all the photo book publishers come to um, have a presence and uh, punt their wares and um, it's a bit of a kind of photo book orgy really which is good for most of us down here last time I spoke to Martin Parr told him he probably had enough photo books he did not agree with me and we'll see who's down here this year I've got Hannah Watson of uh, TJ Bolting and Trolley Books, one of our finest photo book publishers. Hi, Hannah. I always want to call you Hannah Trolley. I know you that's can. Hannah. I'd love yeah, to call yeah, you yeah. Hannah Trolley. Hannah, um, tell me what you're up to. You are sort of chairing a uh, an event here. A book club, yeah. It's uh, the first book club of Bruno's Endless Book Club for Ockren. So basically, we are we already exist as a group, like loosely called Women in Photography. And uh, for our next meeting, we were going to get together and do a book club, and we're discussing Susan Sontag regarding the pain of others, and Girl on Girl, which is a new book about the female photographers taking pictures of the female gaze, basically, by, edited by Charlotte Janssen. Anyway, so Bruno invited us to fast forward it and do it now, and to kick off the one here. Right, that's Bruno of self-published Be Happy. Bruno's very strict, look at that. You're going to start, okay, well they're going to start, so that's it, I'm done. All right. Well, good luck. I'll, I'll keep listening. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> um, good evening. Hello. Uh, my name is Bruno Cescal. I'm the founder of the Publish Be Happy. And um, I would like to welcome all of you at the Endless Book Club at Tate Motor. So, without further ado, let me introduce Anna Watson, uh, who will be the host, reluctant host of the discussion and present the member of the book club. So a round of applause yeah. and... <clears throat> so that's uh, happening. And um, there's a veritable, um, well, a very strong lineup of um, quite well-known women in this little panel, including quite a few former Testing. guests. Laura Panic's in there somewhere. Hello. Oh, and uh, Juno Calypso's Hi. in there. And Emma Blau from uh, and TJ Bolton Gallery. Camera Press. You are celebrating the 70th birthday. So that's interesting. That's a new thing here. A live book club discussion. It's quite fun that they keep trying different things. <laughs> How are you going? This is Robin Maddock. What are you doing? You got a book to, we live to on, sell? On London Radio. We're, yeah, kind of. Are we? Have no. I got a book to sell? Uh, I've got a book I'm not selling. Um, it's probably the only book not for sale in the whole of the um, thing. That's its main um, unique selling point. Its main claim to fame that it's not for sale. It's not for sale. Are you trying to create a bit of uh, sort of interest? Yeah, you know, make I've it managed yet, but I've only been here for about half an hour. And Is I've it a work in progress then? It's not quite finished, but it's the first time I put it together. All right, exciting. Well, we're going to talk. Are we going to talk tomorrow? We are. Okay, that is off print. I'm not going to dwell here any longer. I'm going to go home. Um, and I'm back at it tomorrow. More interviews to do. So that's me for off print. But it was nice to see some people. Um, the discussion or the photo book club women in photography that I was talking to Hannah Watson about um, you know I kind of dipped in and out of it and it did seem really interesting and I think that's a great idea to do that kind of live uh, thing at this kind of event didn't see Martin Parr so I don't know maybe he's uh, loading a van at the back or something um, full of books
Right then, what should we go and have a look at? Should, we go, should I show you this um, Magnum print swaps thing? Yeah, please do. This is Ian Tay, as some of you will know. Okay, so you know there's a Taryn's, big Taryn Simon thing on? Now, you've, we've talked about Taryn Simon before. Because yeah. I kind of don't get it, really, and you kind of do. And I think you've tried to... You know, you tried to explain it to me. Let's go, it's through here. The Jürgen Teller exhibition looks like a final degree show by someone who isn't very good. It looks like a bad final degree show, that's what it looks like. Other opinions are available. One of the works that I really love is, is the American index of hidden and unfamiliar things. And I think, yeah. I think if you look at her from her first work, uh, The Innocence, The Innocence kind of has this tradition in documentary, but already at that point, uh, she's using narrative with like written text with images. The text is always juxtaposed against the images in terms of the information and content that's there. The images in themselves are beautiful, but when you actually learn about what's going on through the stories that you read in the, in the text, it nearly always kind of deepens the whole experience to the point that it becomes uh, something that can be emotionally powerful mm. and engaging. Right. That's, that's probably the most accessible work that you might see at the very beginning yeah I must admit I haven't seen that and I, I think it's very interesting that you use the term emotionally engaging because that's the problem that I have which is that you know the, the, the book that you referred to the um, Index of American whatever it is it's that very forensic kind of and, and I'm just going to document this item and, and I think that's, that's the beauty of her work is that as she progresses she becomes more and more perhaps removed or more uh, cerebral about the way she approaches her works but you can see its origins from let's say this first body of work you know the innocence so the innocence are about about a series of um, ex-prisoners ex-cons who, who, who were actually sent, had the sentence of death hanging over them but they were actually as the title suggests innocent they were photographed in places that they where they A. either lost their freedom or B, where they were supposedly or purportedly committing the crime in the first place. So when you actually read the context and how many years they sent in prison, you can only imagine how hard or how tough that is emotionally to actually digest if you were to place mm. yourself in that position. But I think what's beautiful about the American Index is if you actually move forward from there. When I, when I looked at this work, um, it made me think that most of photography, I think, is about um, when photographers define who they are, it's really, uh, especially the ones that really become incredibly well-known, it's largely because they've created, carved out a new space to the point where they might actually come up with a whole new aesthetic, mm. let's say. Um, and and it, it can be a combination of any different things, but but usually if it's the first person who's discovered a particular area, so let's say if you take Cartier-Bresson, who defined, who coined the term the decisive moment, um, you could say that he has become the most well-known in that area, and any other photographer that came along after was just running faster or performing, you know, at, a, at yeah, yeah. more like a, a, a better athlete. You could say that about Martin Parr with his, with his style of work etc when he first came out with that no one understood it you know you could say that about William Eggleston and so on you know but if you look at let's say uh, Taryn Simon my opinion is that the language that she uses isn't particularly new it, it exists already the text because it's text that that forensic or you can say style of work uh, way of working and documenting exists already but to me, when I, my personal reaction to it, when I look through the book or look through the work, it, it was like this kind of growing realization that what I was looking at was a portrait of America, much in the same way that Robert Frank in The Americans was doing. But from a, you know, they, 
both those bodies of works were portraits of America in its time. Both of them landed hard. The American Index of Hidden and Familiar Things was created uh, at a time in during 9-11, uh, post 9-11, when most of America was looking outwards. She chose to look inwards into their own country, at their institutions, at all the things that make America, America. But some of it was popular culture, but a lot of it uh, was not necessarily things that were documented in in popular culture like films etc in the way that we normally know it as it was done in exact exactly in this cold ice cold manner but the result of actually the cumulative result flicking through these images one after the other over a period of time gives you suddenly this realization that dawns on you that she has painted a very very cutting and a very I mean, it's such a pow powerful view, in my opinion, of what American society is like, and it forces you to really look and question what's going on inside there. So for me, it was a really emotional connection uh, or, or engagement with, with the subject itself. But what was impressive was how she approached it. It was very cold. It was very, very calculated. And she had, in my opinion at that time, or, or, or my words that, that I described it, it's like she'd reinvented the wheel without re reinventing it. She was using existing languages that, that, that was already there. But when you came, when you came to realize what she was doing, it, you know, it was just like she just smacked you in the face with what, what she was thinking about. So to this day, I still, this is one of my favorite bodies of work. Mate, that was very good. You are, <laughs> you are good at this. You could be a critic or something. And you have um, genuinely, given me a new way of looking at it. Can we go and look at the Magnum stuff now? <laughs>